All right, so we're going to do something a little different this morning, because uh, I'm always trying to find a way to do something a little bit differently here. Um, so we began the year with an entire sermon series on New Mercies, and we themed our year New Mercies. And that's taken from Lamentations, from chapter 3. It said, God is faithful, and his mercies are new every day. And I just thought it would be healthy for us as individual believers and as a body, as a church, to just spend the year focusing on that promise that God does, in fact, promise to each and every one of us who are followers of Christ. Every day I have these unique gifts for you. I, I have provisions, I have blessings, I have opportunities, I have chances, I have guarding, leading, guiding, everything. I have everything that you need and then some. And so we struggle with that, most of us. Do, do, do I really believe that? Do I really trust it? We love singing about it and we love talking about it, but when it gets tough and in the moment, do we really believe that? So I wanted to, as much as we possibly could, to spend the entire year just focusing on that and reminding each other of that constantly, constantly, constantly. And so we finished up the year with a sermon series on New Mercies. And if you were be, if you've been here much, pretty much every time I got up here to begin a, a sermon, what would I say? Good morning. It's a good morning because it's a new day, and a new day means? And everyone being so well-trained would, would refrain back new mercies. Um, and so I don't think that just because the year is over that we somehow have graduated, because I think that we will constantly, we will need to spend the rest of our life constantly pursuing that promise and holding on to it and, and growing in that promise. But here's what I want to do today. Um, I've asked five people if they would share something that God has done in their life this calendar year that is evidence, proof that God is a God of new mercies. Uh, instead of just hearing a pastor who, I've been to seminary and i got to talk about God's new mercies, what about lay people and people in the congregation, everyday normal people like y'all, because I'm not normal, <laughs> um, to, to share something that's taking place in our life over the last year. And I think that there's just something wonderfully encouraging about hearing other people share. So that's what we're going to do. So I hope you're in, you're, you're for it, because if you're not, you're stuck in here for the next 45 minutes or so. So anyway, we're going to start with the one and only Miss Kelly Kaiser. She's going to come forward. Everyone give a round of applause. It's not, not everybody likes to get up in front of people. So I've asked people that don't like to get up in front of people just to challenge them today. So here's Miss Kelly. You said I could turn my off. Yes, you can. Okay. You, you, you want me to podium? Yes. Sure. Yes. Will it reach? So. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so that you know, uh, Miss Kelly, you've been coming four or five years to Anthem. She is a member of a church. She serves in different ways, has an incredible heart for prayer. If you ever need someone to pray for her, for you, ask her to pray for you. If you ever need to pray for her, please do yes, so. Yes, pray, pray for me. Um, but absolutely, uh, she would be, I don't like saying this phrase because it gets overused, prayer warrior. I think we throw it around so it means nothing now. Genuinely someone here who battles in prayer for herself, for our church, and for others. So this is Miss Kelly, and I'm just, she's going to share. I'm going to get out of the way because she is from Louisiana, and she has some Cajun in her, so I'm just going to. Step aside. If you look over at Rick and he looks nervous, 
don't worry about it. He's just nervous because he never knows what I'm going to say when I open my mouth. <clears throat> if he gets real nervous, would you please just say a prayer for him? <laughs> On a more serious note, this past year has been filled with challenges and opportunities for mercy in my life. Two unexpected surgeries. I'm tired of doctors and hospitals. There's a lot I could share, but as I looked over the past year, there was one common thread that was always there, a mercy that was here for me always. And that mercy that God provided is you, this church family, this group of people that have been here for me both individually and as a group. There's lots I could share, but as I look past this, I'm sorry, I lost my place. Um, as I went through my trials and faced my fears, I knew that I was not alone. I know most pastors would say, well, you're never alone. God's always with you, and I understand that. But in my humanness, I have a need for personal contact. I need that kind word that helps me to step forward. I have truly learned over this past year that I don't have to make it on my own. I've always been very independent, self-reliant, and this year God has broken so many of those walls that I now even ask willingly for a ride to church. You were with me in so many ways. You comforted me when I was hurting. You encouraged me when I was tired. And you supported me when I was just absolutely tested in my faith. You prayed with me and you prayed for me. You shared your laughter and your joy. And some of you even cried with me. So today I thank you and I thank God for this loving and caring group of people, our church family. And I thank the Father for his new mercies. They are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Thank you. So yeah, she, if you, I've been around you, Miss Kelly. She she has struggled with some health issues for for quite some time and some procedures and this and that and the other. And once there's one thing, is she's okay, and then here comes something else, and it's all related because there was an issue related to some sinus issues and meningitis from two years ago. And uh, we have prayed for her. We've gone and visited her in the hospital, and she's home. And um, and what she said is true that that we have seen God at work in her life and to see her grow. I, I would say this: if you've never spent time with Kelly. You got to, like after church, take her to lunch, uh, have her over to dinner, and you will love it. You will enjoy it. You'll be encouraged. And like I said, if you ever need someone to pray for, I'll do it. But <laughs> no, like, if you go to Kelly, you know she's got a bat line, bat phone, straight to the throne, I believe. And so uh, anyway, we're grateful for you. So now is it Jimmy? Jimmy. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Bong, uh, so that you know who he is, he's one of the original, when we talk about the original core group, like the eight families, Jimmy and his wife, Stephanie, they're part of that group. Jimmy has done everything at the church from host team, teaching Sunday school, helping with you, playing on the praise team. He had never played on the praise team before, and a couple years ago he says, when I drive, I beat on the steering wheel. I'm like, well, you're the percussionist, <laughs> and so that's how it came to be. So don't, if you ever have any musical ability, don't tell me, because you will be playing on a Sunday morning, but true, right? Yeah. 
So you, if you enjoy smiling and you tell me, you will be on the host team. So anyway. Um, one thought that came to mind as Rick asked us to share new mercies, obviously those tend to follow challenges. And don't we often try to downplay our challenges? I texted Brian, too, last week. He said he was sick. And he said, well, it could be worse. I'm like, yes, it could, but being sick as an adult stinks. Like, just because it could be worse doesn't make it easy. Like, our challenges are very personal and very unique. So I have learned over the course of my lifetime, it's not about trying to downplay the challenges, but figure out what is our biblical response to the challenges that God has allowed in our lives. So just a super quick Reader's Digest history of some one of the biggest challenges that my wife and I have faced. In 2006, 2007 range, um, my dentist told me I was grinding my teeth, which is right around the time I met Rick, so I'm not sure what to do with that, but <laughs> there it is um, as he steps away. This is what you do if you don't want to speak again. Um, no, no, this is what you do if you don't. <laughs> I'll add in, Rick has also been a tremendous encouragement over that time. Um, but he told me I started grinding my teeth, and over um, time I started to have more jaw pain. I was teaching high school at the time, and by the end of the day, after the course of a few years, I didn't want to speak. I remember riding many times in the car with my wife or being at home, and I would weigh every sentence and go, is this worth me actually talking right now? And the pain just got worse over time. I was diagnosed with sleep apnea six, seven years ago. Uh, so they put me on a CPAP machine. If you know anything about those pressures, they max out at 20. Mine was about a 12. Most people are around an 8. So the pressure on that was fairly high. Um, sleep was better, but the pain, the sleep got progressively worse over time. So for the last seven years or so, um, I would wake up every hour or two. So I never slept, rarely slept more than an hour or two at a stretch. Um, so you can imagine my sleep was interrupted, Steph's sleep was interrupted. We didn't really realize how much how much it was interrupted until God brought some mercy this year. Um, but it was a lot of pain, and there were many times I would talk to Rick, he'd ask me how I was doing, I would just break down in tears. Because um, you can't escape chronic pain. It's almost like a prison for those of you that have dealt with back pain, jaw pain, knee pain, anything that is constant, it was just always there. Um, and my prayer was constantly that God would just remove it. And I know he can. Um, it's not how he chose to work, and he had much to teach me over the course of that time. And Rick had to call me back to reality many times and help keep my perspective fresh. And there are many of you that have helped do that, and many of you over that time that haven't gotten tired of that struggle, but have continued to pray for me, continue to ask how I'm doing. And one of God's great mercies a couple of years ago was that he provided a dentist in Cary, and I, I've seen every physician under the sun, um, at least a dozen different practitioners to try to understand what's causing the pain, how do I get relief? And they would all focus on their particular specialty, never really took the time to figure out why is this actually happening. When God gave me a dentist and a Hail Mary effort, I Google searched TMJ um, assistance and found a dentist that took the time to look at, do some scans and figure out what is actually going on with my body and found that my airway was almost non-existent in the middle of my throat. And she tried some conservative treatments, but then said, well, I think what you really need is this surgeon in Chapel Hill that can work some magic with your jaw and open up your airway. Um, and that began about a year long battle with insurance, collecting documentation, pre-op visits, and this past June, um, I was able to go in for double jaw surgery, so I'll spare you the details. Nobody outside of Matt Payne probably cares to hear what they did or 
what the healing process was like, the nurses in the room would be interested. Nobody else wants to hear it. But they did basically cut my jaw in three places, my chin, moved everything forward. So I am now Iron Man. I have a lot of titanium in my jaw. Um, but over the course of that healing process, I now sleep seven, eight hours. And for those of you that have gone through periods with no sleep, you know the impact of that is great. Um, it just enhances your natural struggles. I struggle with anxiety and tension and stress on a good day. Not sleeping, it was just magnified. So God's mercy in our marriage through that, um, through that, and nasal surgery has just been, and I'm with you, Kelly. I'm tired of doctors. No more. Um, but praise God, we live in a day and age where he can use that knowledge and technology to bring some relief, and it's hard to express how grateful we are for um, that help and assistance from the physicians and what he's brought, and how grateful I am and we are for your prayers and your encouragement over the last eight years or so. So, yeah, uh, one thing I'll say about Jimmy that's really interesting, and there's a, there's a bit of a theme I hadn't really thought about until these two have already shared and it'll come up with the others, um, that these folks are not afraid to ask for prayer. And that's one thing that for years Jimmy has done, and in particularly this year, him and Stephanie, they'll text some people like, I need prayer, we need prayer, because uh, it's not just the medical stuff. It's other things in their lives that's been going on. Um, and just to see not just God's faithfulness, but also to see the faithfulness of God's people when they're going through a trial and a trouble and to see them just holding on to the robe of Christ, you know, through life. So that's encouraging. Uh, but then to see him go through what was supposed to be really one procedure, there were some complications, and then he had to go through another one. Uh, but he's breathing and sleeping, and we did go see Star Wars the other night. And the joke has been for years with Jimmy. It's like, you don't go to movies with Jimmy because he falls asleep before the first five minutes because he, do, he doesn't sleep at night, so he can't make it through a movie. And so I was like, well, are you going to make it? He's like, I got eight hours last night. And so like, yeah, like praise God, right? So, I mean, sleep, what a new mercy sleep is. Can I get an amen? <laughs> That's Jamie's superpower sleeping. So. <laughs> so anyway, all right, with that. Here comes Melanie Grimes. So, Melanie, uh, you guys have been coming three or four, four years, four years, three years. Uh, Dustin, her husband, can't be here today because he's working. So, otherwise, he'd be sitting next to her. So, he's alleviated that his work schedule didn't let him be here. I would make him. Yes. She would make them. So, anyway. <laughs> so, I'm Melanie. Like he said, my husband's Dustin. He is a fireman in Fuquay who works 24-hour shifts, and I'm an emergency room nurse, and I work very weird 12-hour shifts, so that's why y'all might not see us every Sunday like we would hope we could be. Um, but I wanted to come up here and share, or I was voluntold to come up here and share, <laughs> because... <laughs> yeah. Because we have been um, struggling the last three years, um, started a little before we started coming to Anthem, um, where we have been struggling with infertility. Um, thankfully, and uh, it's a huge blessing and new mercy that I'm now 27 weeks pregnant. Yes. Um, with a little boy due in March, so we are very thankful for that. Um, but the last three years have been very, very tough for us. Um, we got married in October 2014, and in the fall of 2016, we decided we want, wanted to grow our family. 
Unfortunately, that wasn't as easy as mo it is for most people and what we hoped it would be. Um, so since then, we've seen six doctors, been to two infertility clinics, had three failed IUIs, spent thousands of dollars, shed many, many tears, and had many prayers over us. And um, so those prayers have really been pouring over us, and it's been evident, especially since coming to Anthem. When we got married, we said we wanted to join a church and have a church family so that when we do grow our family, we can um, raise our child with a firm foundation in Christ and with a family of church believers and uh, Christ believers that would help strengthen his relationship along with ours. And we found that we really think that we have found that in Anthem. We love it here. Everybody is super sweet. We love becoming involved, and, and for, I just wish that we could be a little bit more involved um, if it wasn't for our work schedules. Um, but I just want to thank everybody. Uh, I don't know how long ago it was, maybe two years ago, I shared with Stephanie at a ladies' event our, our struggle, and I broke down and cried. And I feel like since then, everybody has just been surrounding us with love and prayers, and it's really meant the world to us. So I wanted her to share that because um, that, that can be a particularly, not just physical struggle, that's an emotional struggle, uh, and that God showed favor in their situation, their marriage, to bless them with this little baby boy that's coming. Uh, what an absolute new mercy that is, right? Um, and then you heard her share a while ago as she's talking, she was asking people to pray. And so, like, isn't this really what church is? Like, church is a family where we actually share some struggles, however big or little we may perceive them to be, uh, however short amount of time or long amount of time that we've been dealing with it, and asking someone else, would you help me carry this? Because most things in life are too big for our shoulders. Most stuff is just way, way too heavy for us. And so one of God's mercies to us is a church family that we get to enjoy and be part of and cry with and laugh with and rejoice with. Like, that's amazing. And that he does listen to our prayers. How good. And, and I, I shared this in a message a couple months ago because it was on prayer. Ultimately, the purpose of prayer isn't for us to get what we want. Like, that's not why we pray. We pray because there's a God who wants us to pray to him. We pray, the, the, the beauty of prayer is that there is a God who wants to listen to us. So uh, the, the analogy I used that morning was, my children can ask me anything. They have the privilege of coming to their daddy and saying whatever and asking whatever. I may not give it, but the privilege is that I want to hear them, and they, get the, and they know it's safe to ask me anything. That's what prayer is. He may not give us what we want, but it's a safe place where the creator of the universe who's over everything, it's like, what's on your heart? Share it. And what an amazing thing. And then for a church to be doing that for one another, what an amazing gift that is. All right. Vincent, I believe you're net. Vincente Casillas. Uh, Vincent and his family have been coming since June, I believe. Is that July, July or so? And uh, here you go. Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> uh, Rick called me 
and he asked me to give my testimony. Then he said, boldly, five minutes. <laughs> I said, nah, that doesn't work. In my mind, of course. Cut I him off now. Me. So the stage is mine. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Jesus is watching, man. Uh, amen. 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 <laughs> uh, Brothers and sisters, this up here is a battlefield. And uh, we have to learn to let God work up here. If not, you're going to go through struggle. So I went through struggle for 36 years. Sometimes I would let God work in my mind. I say, give me a chance. Let me do this. Then I will bring him back. Hey, I need your help. Then I push him away, bring him back push away for 36 years so around this time last year uh, for some reason I was hiding from uh, I, w I didn't tell my wife that I was sick I had blood pressure I was retaining water and I got a heart failure so uh, I was getting swollen and I was putting on high socks so she would not see that my foot was so one day I forgot to put socks and she saw it and she got worried. And uh, uh, I said, I got this. I can take care of myself. And I've been doing this for quite a time. So uh, I got to a point that I will walk about, and I'm not joking, a good 10, 20 feet. And I had to take a break because I was really, really struggling with breathing. So I, I said, it's time for me to go to the hospital. We got a friend. He's a doctor. And uh, my wife, she called him, and he told me, hey, Vince, you need to go. Otherwise, you're going to collapse and die. So we end up going to Wake and Carry. And for four days, uh, the doctors managed to, uh, I had about 30 pounds of water. They got rid of it. So, uh, but those four days was a blessing for me because uh, I saw it as a time for me with God to meditate. And I said, what's going on here, God? Uh, I've been through a lot of pain. I I'm tired of this. So, after four days, I left the hospital. My wife, in a week, she got into an accident. <laughs> My kids, uh, they're fine, they were fine, but it seems like this accident want to kill my wife and kids. So I said, there's, there's something more here. So uh, um, I decided to do some investigation in the Bible. That led me to leave the church that I used to go. So from that moment on, I, I felt that that battle I was like, God took care of it, was taking care of it. I, I'm feeling this release, this burden is like disappearing. So I said, it's time for me to find a new church. So just because being sick led me to find a beautiful church like this, a new family in Christ. It is like Brother Brent said that I can smell Christ in your life. And that's great. So let's try to fix our eyes in Christ. 
no matter what's the situation. Right now, I have no battle up here. He's taking care of me, and he took care of me. And I rest in him, in his finished work at the cross. So I'm blessed. My kids are blessed. My wife is blessed. So we love it. This is a place for us. And I appreciate you opening the doors to us. Sometimes I can be old-fashioned guy, but please be patient with me. Uh, God is still working in my life. So I, I appreciate you uh, for this. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Lou. If you haven't had a chance to sit down with Vincent and his wife, Gigi, and her family, do it. Because the story is really fun to listen to. It's just encouraging. Um, I'm going to fill in some of the gaps here for you. Uh, when he says that he had to leave an old church, the church that he came from really doesn't fall under the Christian umbrella. Um, he, by his own admission, it was a cult. Uh, that preached legalism and work salvation, and it kept everyone in that church under the yoke and the oppression. You got to be good enough. You got to be good enough. You got to. You can't disobey God, or you're not, or you're going to hell. And they, they, he lived like that for 36 years of his life until this medical issue somehow jarred him, and he started thinking, and he started investigating, looking at the Bible, and eventually it led him to go to the leadership in that other church, open up Scripture, and say. Please reconcile what you've been teaching me with what this says. And it had no answer. Because salvation is by grace alone through faith in Christ alone. And so it was around that time that, and I've got to share it. I'm going to share it. That their little boy kept coming home from school with an Anthem Church join us card in the folder. And this happened three times, I believe. And what, what's going on? What's this church? That's my little boy, Emmett, <laughs> sneaking an Anthem Church join us card into a school folder. And the parents eventually went, let's give that church a try. And they've been here ever since. So that's why we say, use these. <laughs> you never know how God is going to use something in the life of someone. Something that simple, right? Like, so anyway, uh, I love little Emmett. That's a little missionary. So, all right. You ready? Yeah. All right. Come on up. All right. This is Jana Plummer. She's coming up. Sure. And you and Joey started coming 18? Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Okay. Her husband, Joey, is actually deployed. So, otherwise, he'd be here, but he's going to be listening online as this is recorded. So, everybody say hi, Joey. All right, good morning, guys. Y'all know I love talking, but to stand in front of people is different, so just bear with me. Um, I have suffered from severe depression since 2012, and when I say severe depression, um, there were many days my husband was like a single parent because I would not get out of bed. Uh, my kids would say, Mommy, Mommy, play with me, and I wouldn't. Um, there were days I wouldn't even brush my teeth. I've actually had to have a lot of dental work done because of my depression. Um, my family started coming to Anthem in 2018. Um, I wasn't really involved. I would make it some Sundays to service, and that was about it. Um, in summer of 2018, my marriage crumbled to the point that I had moved out. Um, by the grace of God and counseling from Rick, in 2019, my marriage was reconciled. Um, at this point in my life, I'm still suffering from severe depression. At that point, not now. Um, 
I was suffering from severe anxiety and depression. As many know, like Rick just said, my husband is deployed and his pending deployment only exasperated all of my symptoms to the point that I was not just mentally ill anymore, I was physically ill, physically getting sick every single day. Um, I was actually hospitalized for a really bad episode in September. Right after my hospital discharge, I decided to attend an evening prayer service at Anthem. At the end of the service, Rick kept asking if anyone wanted or needed to be prayed for. I kept quiet in my seat like I had done for six years. Something overcame me that night, an internal feeling that I know now, no doubt, was the Holy Spirit. All I remember is all of a sudden I bursted into tears and just cried out, I'm not okay. I couldn't get anything else out. I couldn't speak, but everyone that was there that night prayed over me. The next morning, I kid you not, the next morning, I was not the same person. I was so calm on the inside, I could not believe it. And that calmness has remained to this very day. I started running, counting calories, and I've lost 40 pounds so far. I ran my first 5K early November, and I'm trying not to cry. They're not here today, but Jenny and Phil Hart showed up to my race at like 7.30 in the morning to cheer me on, and I'm pretty sure I ran faster that day. <laughs> Phil Hart is no joke. <laughs> um, my girls have the best version of me now. My husband has a much more intentional wife, even though he's in a completely different time zone. The Holy Spirit used those prayers to change me for the better. I had been on every medication possible with no cure, but one prayer night at Anthem was a cure-all on top of the hard work I strive to put forth every day. I serve in the children's ministry now, and I love playing with the infants. My husband and I also took the membership class in 2019 and are now members of Anthem Church. In 2019, God used Anthem Church to change my outlook on life, and I can never repay all the love that I have been shown. I'm so glad to be a part of this family because that is what Anthem Church is, nothing short of a family. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in the year 2020. Thank you. So, yeah, um, I was debating whether to share this, but I, I will. So here's two years or so we have been trying to ramp up and, and make prayer a greater significant part of individual life in our church, life in the church. And we're like, we like talking about greater things. Jesus says, you'll see greater things in the world if you follow me. You'll do greater things. But I believe that part of the being able to see and do the greater things that Jesus says requires us to do greater prayer. So not just throwing little prayers here or there, but I mean, making that part of the life of the church. And, um, and so we, we try like exploring what does it mean to pray more or more deeply, more soundly, more consistently? Um, and we've been doing these prayer services for a while, and um, it was in October, and it was, we'd, we'd usually do it in this room. And uh, I experienced something I'd never experienced before or haven't experienced since, and I hope that's something that I get to experience more. Because uh, I was aware of some of the issues that Jenna had been dealing with, um, 
and that night we we did prayer stations. So we had different places in the room, and you pray about this over here, and then everybody moves and and so forth. And uh, we had a little bit of time at the end, and um, I just wanted to ask. I pulled everyone together. I said, "Does anyone want prayer?" And everything in me was like, "I'm supposed to ask because she's supposed to ask for prayer." I was I didn't ask her, but I knew she needed it. And a couple of people said, I need prayer, and we prayed for them. And then finally, uh, sitting, I think, in that same chair you're sitting in right now, um, she just broke into tears and just cried out. Like, it really wasn't anything other than, I need prayer, with, with a, an emotional desperation. And we just gathered around her, and um, I put my hand on the back of her head. And as I was praying, I felt heat on the back of my hand it was really odd and bizarre I even opened my eyes because I thought because Phil Hart was sitting behind her I thought that his face was right here (laughs) and I thought he was breathing on my hand so as I'm praying I look over but he's off enough and and he couldn't have produced that much heat and he couldn't have produced that much heat for that long like he eventually have to breathe in you know like um and I'm praying and I (laughs) And I, but I, I, it was a bizarre, like, and it wasn't on the side that of her head. It was on the back. I'm like, what is that? And so we all prayed, and it was over, and, and I kind of pulled Phil to the side. Phil, did you, did you sense that? He's like, yeah, it was hot. I'm like, okay. Um, and earlier this week when I was talking to Jenna, like, she concurred, like, that there was something there. And that all her, these emotional, psychological, spirit, and they're ultimately spiritual issues that she's battled for so long. She's a new person. Something happened that night. And this is what happens when people cry out to God and say, I need you, and I need God's people to pray for me. So do we or do we not believe in prayer? Amen. You know, like it really does help it matters it does something and to have a community of faith that we get to do that with what a precious gift what a precious gift that is father in heaven thank you for your grace and your love and your mercy for your wisdom and your power and your goodness and your presence i thank you that you've made a way for us to be forgiven of sin made a way for us to be declared righteous in your eyes, made a way for us to know you, to approach you, and to one day be with you in glory forever. Lord, we thank you that you made it easy for us, that it is by faith, that it is belief in your Son. But we confess that it was not easy for you, for it required the sacrifice of your own Son for you to crush him upon that cross. Lord, while grace is free to us, it was not free to you. Lord Jesus, it came with slaps and mocking, a crown of thorns and nails through hands and feet. What an ugly moment that was 2,000 years ago when we crucified you, Lord, and our sin was placed on you, but as only you can do, you take the ugliest, moment in history and turned it into the most beautiful moment in history. The moment of the great exchange, our sins for your righteousness. And Lord, as we take of this bread and juice, 
May the meaning and the significance not be lost, and may we remember it very well that we are healed by your stripes. In Jesus' name, amen.